Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Black Star Network is here. Hold no punches. I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. Thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. Hey, I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig?
Today is Tuesday, September 13, 2022. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. Uh, a massive bill in Illinois uh, that is designed uh, to provide folks opportunity to get out of jail has been hit with massive information. Uh, the right is claiming that criminals are going to be fleeing the prisons in Illinois. Well, we're going to break this thing down with the two Illinois, two Illinois lawmakers who are sponsoring this to address the false allegations uh, and give folks the actual facts regarding this new bill, also called the Illinois Purge Bill. We'll break it all down. A California rape victim gets arrested at the San Francisco police, uses her DNA from her sexual assault for another case. What, what the hell? She's now suing. Uh, the police department, her attorney, will explain this case. A South Carolina middle school teacher defends herself, referring to a black teacher as the monkey next door in front of her students, well, because they're friends. A federal judge temporarily halted Arizona's law preventing the video recording of law enforcement uh, within eight feet, saying it violates the First Amendment. Also, Stacey Abrams, she's running for governor of Georgia. I talked with her about her campaign and what she's looking for, what she needs to do uh, to beat incumbent Brian Kemp. Also, in today's marketplace, uh, we'll also uh, share with you uh, Sheila Johnson. Uh, what does she do? She actually uh, owns a hotel now in D.C. She owns Salamander Resorts. But she announced yesterday uh, that new uh, hotel, Salamander Hotel, formerly the Mandarin Oriental. Folks, a lot we're going to talk about today, and we'll also talk with Michael Bearden about his mentor, the late uh, jazz pianist Ramsey Lewis, who passed away yesterday at the age of 87. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered, the Black Side Network. It's time to bring the funk. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the find. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Thousands of people across America are in uh, local and state jails. Why? Because they cannot afford bail. There has been an effort across America uh, to reduce uh, this, to actually stop uh, imprisoning people uh, who are sitting in jail. Remember Sandra Bland was sitting in a Texas jail but she was arrested uh, in Prairie View, Texas. She could not make the bills around 500 bucks uh, and she died in jail for $500. And so uh, this effort uh, to get rid of cash bail has been happening all across the country. Now, what's also been happening is the folks on the right have been claiming, oh, this is the reason why we have high crime. And so uh, in Harris County, Texas, you had these the police union supporting former prosecutors running against judges who supported 
ending cash bail in Harris County. Several of those progressive judges lost in the primary. You have the attacks on uh, Alvin Bragg, the DA in Manhattan, the same thing happening in other places. Now the attacks are moving to Illinois, where they're calling this, oh, the purge bill. Well, it's actually, that's not the case. Uh, so Illinois has passed the Safe T Act. Now, again, it lays out in a very strong way exactly what this means yet for two. But what's happening, though, is you've got tons of misinformation that is going on. Folks are on social media trying to debunk it, but we know what happens when the right takes that lie and begins to amplify it. It goes on and on and on. Here is one of those efforts to try to keep the lies at bay. Listen to me. It cannot be understated how significant of a role the media plays in quashing progressive movements and keeping more black people in jail. And it's frustrating because every time we say the criminal system isn't broken, it's working as intended, these are the outlets and institutions that respond, no, 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 we still need to have faith in the system. We need reform, we need reform, we need reform. But then every time we actually get substantive progressive reform, here they go with campaigns like this filled with lies. And please trust that it's not a coincidence that they're going to places like the Shade Room and Baller Alert with black audiences to peddle these lies because what they want is for black people to internalize propaganda and lies so that we don't support progressive initiatives that are designed to keep us out of jail. So I'm going to dispel these myths about the purge law because there is no purge law. All there is is a concerted effort by media, right-wing Republicans, and neoliberals to keep black people in jail. You've probably heard about Rikers because Rikers is infamous. But less people realize that Rikers is a pre-trial detention center, meaning the people incarcerated at Rikers have not been convicted of a crime. Last year, 16 people died in Rikers. This year, 13 people died in Rikers. And Rikers has already been declared a human rights crisis. So what if I told you that the crisis happening at Cook County Jail was worse? Cook County Jail is the pre-trial detention center in Chicago, Illinois, meaning the people incarcerated at Cook County Jail have not been convicted of a crime. They simply just don't have the money for bail. And that's an important point people need to understand about bail. Bail is not about public safety. Bail is about whether or not you can afford your freedom, period. I am a public defender who represents people that are incarcerated at Rikers, where people are killed, people are beaten, people are sexually assaulted, people spend years of their life. And I'm telling you that I was floored to find out that there are people sitting in Cook County Jail waiting on a trial for four years, eight years, even 11 years. So let me tell you about what the Chicago Public Safety Act would do. The first lie being circulated is that this bail reform will prevent police from being able to make arrests. False. Not only can police arrest whoever they want, like they've always been able to, all the bail reform law does is encourage them not to make low-level, completely low-level arrests that they could write tickets for. And you want to you wanna know what else? You want to know what else? A law enforcement agency proposed that language. The Public Safety Act would do would take low-level crimes, low-level misdemeanors, non-violent crimes, and instead of those being bail eligible where you sit in jail, you sit in jail because you don't have the money, you fight your case from the outside because now judges cannot set bail and keep you incarcerated for something they probably otherwise would not have been able to. What this Public Safety Act would do is it would get rid of the cash bail system. It doesn't mean that nobody goes to jail pre-trial. It means that instead of whether or not you're, you're free or you're in jail being determined based on how much money you have, instead, prosecutors would have three different options that they could keep you detained should they so choose. 
prosecutors will have an option to present evidence to the judge showing that you are a threat to public safety or that you have engaged in some kind of willful flight from prosecution, or if you're simply charged with most felonies and they can have you detained pretrial. The reality is that the majority, the vast majority of people in our criminal system are living well beneath the poverty line. They're represented by public defenders because they cannot afford representation, which is a fact. The court, the same court that will then place high bail on them knows they know they can't afford it. So it's a tactic by which we put poor people in jail for things we probably couldn't prove at a trial. They'll probably never have a trial. It's a way to coerce them into plea deals. But it is not about public safety because at the end of the day, if you have the money, you can buy your freedom. So what this act does is it gets rid of that component and actually makes it about dangerousness. It makes it about whether or not the prosecutor has some evidence that he can present to justify detaining you pretrial rather than just using and exercising your own wealth or lack thereof against you. Listen to me. Do not fall for the propaganda. They're calling it the purge law because they want you to believe that a law designed at affording you more rights at preventing you from being railroaded, at preventing more deaths from mounting inside a Cook County jail is, is not there to help you. It's a lie. This has nothing to do with public safety. Listen, we allegedly live in a civil society with a presumption of innocence where people should not die awaiting their trial for crimes they have not been convicted of. That shouldn't be what's happening, but that is what's happening each and every day inside this country at pretrial detention centers all around this country. But Cook County Jail and the pretrial detention centers in Chicago and in Illinois are some of the worst. This law is meant to help us. Do not mind the propaganda. Sister there, uh, Oloyami, she's actually a public defender uh, in uh, the state of New York. Joining us right now, folks, uh, are two Illinois lawmakers uh, who are very much involved uh, with this particular bill. Joining us right now on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Illinois State Senator L.G. Sims and Illinois State Representative Cam Buckner. Uh, glad to have both of you here. Cam is also running for uh, Chicago mayor. So, um, Senator Sims, Again, folks have been uh, labeling this, y'all just going to be just releasing criminals left and right. They're going to be fleeing Illinois state prisons. Uh, this was a well-thought-out, well-crafted bill uh, that the right now is trying to demonize in order to brand Democrats as soft on crime. Absolutely, Roland. And, it, and they, they try to act as if they didn't have a seat at the table as if they weren't participating in these discussions. We had over nine public hearings, 30 hours of public testimony about the issues included in the Safety Act. Uh, and Safety Act, which stands for, coincidentally, safety for our communities, accountability for law enforcement, and fairness and equity in the criminal justice system today. But that's what, what, you're, what the lies that are being told is that somehow the doors of the courthouse are gonna be open. That's just not the case. Uh, clearly, and what, what we have heard from prosecutors and from, uh, from Republican operatives around the state is they've taken one part of a sentence, not even reading the entire sentence, but one part of a sentence and, and said, well, this shows that they're going to let people out of jail. The, the entirety of the law says that if you are a threat to public safety or you're a flight risk, you are going to be held. I, Sister Aluren did a, an amazing job of outlining the issues that are included in this bill and why these are not just these are not just misdirections or misinformation they're downright patent patently false lies uh, these individuals are trying to play politics and is the worst worst form 
of dog whistle politics in its in its worst. And they're they're trying to scare monk. They're trying to fear monger individuals and scare them into believing something that's just not true. Republicans have shown themselves that they don't have ideas. They they can only play on on fear. They don't have, they can't they can't debate on policy. They can't engage on policy. They can only engage in fear tactics and misdirections and misinformation. And that's exactly what this is all about. Representative Buckner, uh, there have been stories coming out of New York City. They're saying, oh, these people are being let out of prison. They get out. They commit more crimes. They're blaming the judges. They're blaming the DA. As I said in my open, um, this happened in Harris County, where you had the police union actually financing prosecutors who ran against uh, uh, judges uh, who were in support of getting rid of uh, cash bail. And so this is a consistent attack that we're seeing where police unions are aligning with, with hard-line right-wing prosecutors to get rid of these type of bills and these type of laws. That's right, Roland. This is a consistent, as you said, and concerted effort. Uh, the folks here in Illinois who are peddling this nonsense, who are peddling these lies, um, are, are folks who have uh, very clearly been aligned with uh, the Tea Party Patriot Act uh, and, and um, had some uh, some say-so in the funding of the insurrection on January 6th in Washington, D.C. We know where these people stand on, on the spectrum. Uh, the truth of the matter, as Senator said, is that we've got to be able to, to beat back these false narratives uh, because we are aggressively attacking a system uh, that didn't work for the people who we represent. And we know that when you aggressively attack systemic racism, it will always try to fight you back. And that's where we are right now. But it's important for us to get the word out to let people know that this does not make us less safe. This makes the people in Illinois safer. And we have really attacked a system that treats you better if you're guilty and you're wealthy uh, than it does if you're innocent and you're insolvent. So uh, how many people are we talking about who are going to be impacted uh, by this, um, Senator Sims? Every, every, every new charge would, would have someone uh, have to go through the determination of whether or not their crime fits, in, fits within these, these categories. As you, you've alluded to on a couple of different occasions, the Texas, uh, the Texas effort. The Texas effort showed that there was no increase in crime. Uh, Representative Buckner just mentioned the reason we started this effort was we are seeing, and was, as again, Sister Laura mentioned in her in her comments, the the recommendation to do what we have done came from a task force which I sat on uh, that was spearheaded by the Illinois Judiciary that talks about and it found that after three days incarcerated and when when you are detained on a pretrial basis, after three days your life starts to unravel. You've lost your home. You've lost your job. There's an impact, and sometimes irreparably, on your family. So the efforts that we're taking are to make sure that we keep low-level offenders out of the criminal justice system, but then that is, there is a determination made about someone's threat to public safety and if they're, whether or not they're a willful flight risk. That one of the memes that's going around suggests that second-degree murderers or kidnappers won't be held in custody. Again, as a scurrilous lie— uh, that that is it, it plays on the worst fears that individuals have, but what what we're trying to do is make communities more safe by engaging in in, in stripping systemic racism from the criminal justice system. The criminal we we don't really have a criminal justice system. We have a criminal legal system, 
And right now, that criminal legal system is not acting on behalf of all of its participants. So that's why we, we have to have a system. That's why we, we focus on equity, fairness and equity in this criminal justice system. So we can have truly justice, not just a criminal legal system. Uh, Representative Buckner, isn't it also a fact, the bottom line is, you're spending a ton of money having people in jails. And so if the low-level offenders and don't have to be sitting in a jail, isn't that saving taxpayers money? It is, Roland. We spend more money on incarcerating people in this country, in this state, than we do on educating them or feeding them or housing them or clothing them. Uh, this, we're talking about a purely economic uh, argument here. Uh, this is good for municipalities. We are making sure that we don't tax jails for people uh, who don't need to be here. You talked at the, at the open uh, about Sandra Bland, who, um, who died in, in your home state of Texas, who, is a, who was an Illinois native. Uh, we talk. We talk about Cleve Browder. We can talk about a number of, of folks around this country who have found themselves uh, with petty crimes, uh, incarcerated, and then uh, they don't make it out. Uh, this is not okay. This is this is not in line with the humanity we should have as we move forward. And, and once again, uh, this law will do the right thing to make us all safe and to make our criminal legal system uh, push further towards justice. All right. I want to thank both of you for joining us, Representative uh, L.G. Sims, excuse me, Senator L.G. Sims, Representative uh, Cam Buckner. We should certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Roland. Thank I'm you. bringing my pound, Dr. Mustafa Santiago Ali, a former senior advisor for environmental justice at the EPA, Brianna Cartwright, political strategist, Demario Solomon Simmons, civil rights attorney and founder of Justice for Greenwood. Demario, I'll start with you. I mean, the, the thing that we're dealing with here is uh, you're dealing with individuals who are on the right, who absolutely believe in, throw them in jail, throw the key away, we don't care, give them years and years and years, when in fact, it's also red states that realized they were going broke by doing this. Kansas was one of the first states that realized we can't keep imprisoning people. Uh, you've had other states, uh, uh, that red states, that people like, you just can't keep this. And then the problem is you've got people like Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, and I'm looking for the tweets, where he literally said, the problem is not over-incarceration. This fool actually said, we're not putting enough people in prison. That's how sick and demented these so-called Jesus-loving white conservative Christians are? Well, you shouldn't be surprised because it was the first slave ship that brought enslaved Africans over to America was named the Jesus. So this has been a long tradition of white supremacists utilizing their religion to oppress and subjugate black people. You also have to remember, Roland, I know you know this, the 13th Amendment, as we all know, outlawed enslavement in America in the first, first part of it. But the second part says, unless you are convicted of a felony. And they have utilized that since the ending of slavery in 1866, uh, 1865, 1866, to continue to have uh, chain gangs, put us in jail and do convict leasing. And now they have private prisons. And this is why it's so dangerous when we see, when they talk about these prisons, uh, uh, school-to-prison pipeline and the kind of re-upping of the crime bill of 1994, kind of 2.0, with the president talking about more police officers. 
and, and more law enforcement. That what that means for us as black people is more imprisonment. And with these private prisons, people are making millions and billions of dollars off us being actually in prison. So yes, the states may be going broke by imprisoning folks, but there are private, wealthy corporations and individuals that are making millions of dollars. This is dangerous. We must continue to fight against it. I applaud the two brothers that you had on that's pushing this particular bill. This needs to happen all over the place. And one last thing I would say, pre-child det uh, detention here in Oklahoma City, we had 13 inmates die in Oklahoma County Jail. I've sued the Oklahoma County Jail for inmates dying there. This is an epidemic that happens all across this country, and people are in jail without actually being convicted of a crime. They're usually there because they cannot afford the bail. That's why bail reform is important. That's why we need to have criminal justice reform, and we do not need more officers or more prisons. Uh, Brianna, this is the tweet from uh, Senator Thomas Cotton. Uh, of South, excuse me, of Arkansas. We don't have an over-incarceration problem. We have an under-incarceration problem. That shows you just how stupid and sick this man is. In fact, uh, he, he then went on uh, to say this um, is, again, and again, this is, this is going to this whole issue. Democrats cause this crime wave by eliminating cash bail, electing Soros prosecutors, and giving early release to violent criminals. And what's their solution? To take away your right to own a gun to protect yourself. This is the same guy who opposed the First Step Act because he didn't want people getting out of prison. He believes that if you get sentenced to 20 years, you should serve all 20 years. These folks, but they call themselves fiscal conservatives, but they love to spend money on cops, and love to spend money on prisons as opposed to reform. Yes, unfortunately, they forgot that we call it a rehabilitation system. And so we should be focusing on wanting people to be productive members of society, being able to have jobs, give back, pay taxes. And so having them to say we have an under-incarcerated pro problem is just baloney. <laughs> um, to to keep it simple, um, because we want more people outside than inside. So I don't understand the fact that we would go to seek random people or keep people in longer. Um, and that's the reason why we have issues um, with, with, with our social, our, our public um, trust with uh, prisons. Uh, it, it is just mind-boggling to listen to these people, uh, Mustafa, as if they have any credibility on this uh, when states like Arkansas, these people are going broke. They're going broke when it comes to throwing people in prison. And it's a bunch of folks that got no business being in no damn jails. They know it and we know it. Yeah. I mean, Senator Cotton, he has access, you know, to all kinds of information. So just in case he don't know the facts, let me break them down for him. We've got about 2 million folks every night in our country who are incarcerated in jails and prisons uh, and, and other ways that they've, you know, captured folks, especially folks dealing with border issues. We got 400,000 people who are in pretrial detention. So all he has to do is go over to prisonpolicy.org and he can see the facts that are there and it's broken down about how all these types of individuals are dealing with these situations where, you know, they haven't been convicted of a crime but yet they are dealing with this pre-trial, you know, detention situations that are currently going on. We know that in our country, you get as much justice as you can afford. So if we want to actually begin to balance out 
this legal system, address some of the things that Mario has been talking about, then that means that we got to get rid of the cash bail because we understand the wealth gap that exists inside of our country. We understand the hard decisions that families are having to make about keeping the lights on, putting food on the table, or helping somebody to actually be able um, to not be incarcerated until they have a trial. So maybe Senator Cotton actually needs to go spend some time with some real people and stop dealing with this from a political lens and deal with it from a humanity lens. Uh, but that is not what they are going to do. Folks, hold tight one second. Got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk a number of stories. We lost jazz pianist Ramsey Lewis yesterday at the age of 87. We'll talk to uh, musical director Michael Bearden about uh, his mentor and what he meant to him. Also uh, on today's show, uh, Sheila Johnson uh, adds to her uh, growing uh, luxury uh, real estate empire by, by buying the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Washington, D.C. And renamed it Salamander after her resort in Middleburg, Virginia. We'll show you uh, what took place yesterday. I was there uh, for that grand opening in our Marketplace segment. That and lots more to cover right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Download the app, folks, on all platforms. Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, you can also join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do here on the the show uh, and you can join of course by sending your check-in money orders to PO Box 57196 Washington DC 20037-0196 cash app uh, is dollar sign RM unfiltered PayPal is R Martin unfiltered Venmo is RM unfiltered Zale is rolling at rollinsmartin.com rolling at rollinmartinunfiltered.com uh, let me thank uh, Orgel Neat Preston Dames, uh, Sharon Thomas, uh, Cirillo Paolo. Uh, of course, those are the folks who have supported us on Zell. Artens Ahal, uh, thank you so very much. Uh, also, Annette Anderson, thanks a lot. Francis Huston, uh, uh, LaSonia Massey, Taylor uh, Hooks, Mar Marock Howard, uh, Myoshi uh, Smith, Cindy Pinnock, Estelle uh, Beige, uh, let's see here, uh, Nora Archibald, Lynette Kimball, and I'm going to read just a couple of more before we go to Cynthia Powell, thanks a lot, Timothy Fields, uh, Sharon Bailey, Nicole Robinson, all thank you very much uh, for being members of our Brenda Funk Clan Club. We'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, our glow our vision, our vibe. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Can you believe the nerve of these Republicans? They only want to block progress for our community. They talk about cutting Medicare and Social Security. They played politics with veterans' health care. They voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and funding for our HBCUs and against lowering prescription drug costs for our seniors. These Republicans keep trying hard to stand in the way, but President Biden, Vice President Harris, and Democrats won't let them. They are delivering for us. The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising. When we invest 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender in ourselves we all shine together we are black beyond measure hatred on the streets a horrific scene a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence white people are losing their damn minds as an angry pro-trump mob storms the u.s capitol we're about to see the rise of what i call white minority resistance we have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting i think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial this is part of american history every time that people of color have made progress 
whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. everybody it's your girl Lunell. so what's up this is your boy earthquake hi i'm chaley rose and you're watching roland martin unfiltered all right folks according to the rape abuse and incest national network only 310 out of every 1,000 sexual assaults are reported to police many do not come forward for fear of some kind of retaliation or criminal prosecution Check out what happened in San Francisco where the police used a rape victim's DNA, a rape victim's DNA, to arrest her for an unrelated property crime. Now she is filing a lawsuit against them. Joining us now from Oakland is her attorney, Adante Pointer, who says the San Francisco Police Department has a practice of placing crime victims' DNA into a permanent database without the victim's knowledge or consent. This is, I, I was, uh, I was on a, I'm on a group chat with some uh, other uh, journalists, Adante, uh, yeah. and uh, when I posted this story um, in that group chat, uh, folks were, were shocked, they were stunned. Um, folks said, Christ, that's awful, uh, unreal. Um, th that is just, it's like, are you serious? Unfortunately, we are serious, and it's not unreal. It's, it sounds like it's something that comes from a movie, a sci-fi movie, about uh, a dystopian future, when in reality, it is our reality. And it's not, it's not just uh, something that's confined to what's happening in San Francisco. This is probably happening in other jurisdictions, other police departments, other cities, other states within this country, in that the government has obtained crime victims' DNA or biological information stored in a database and then use it as they see fit and do unconstitutional searches in a way to where they're either trying to match people to crimes or any other government interests that they're pursuing. And so this is something that cannot go on. And, you know, we filed this lawsuit because this courageous lady was willing to come forward and not only bring this to light, but also stand up for the rest of crime victims everywhere else. So th they actually think this is justified? They certainly did. You know, and in fact, the, the crime lab director said that this was their routine or daily practice, which essentially asked someone, and the only way you could get into this system, you know, or I should say the way she got into this system was as a sexual assault survivor. So she was someone who was looking for police protection and instead was violated again and re-victimized by the police and their practices. So, you know, this is standard act procedure and this is what and how they were treating crime victims in San Francisco. And frankly, as I mentioned, there's probably, there's thousands of other people who have their rights violated who were also in that crime victim database. And uh, I also understand there was a similar lawsuit that was filed in the state of New York. 
Uh, this reminds me of, uh, you know, we've had these stories where people who have done these uh, ancestry DNAs uh, and some of these companies have actually shared data with the FBI or other law enforcement agencies. Yeah, this is a, a practice that is not just limited to the government, and that just shows the dangers of what they're engaged in. This is a very slippery slope in that once a person or once a government entity or any entity has your DNA evidence, we are still unlocking the mysteries of DNA. But one thing that we do know is it's one of the most unique identifiers. It's one of the most personal things that you have just by your very existence as a person and as a human. And so as, you know, DNA science is becoming more uh, expansive, as, as corporations find out how they might be able to use it and exploit it or monetize that, as the government finds ways to how to track and monitor and uh, project people's uh, health outcomes in the future or what they think is your characteristics and the way in which you might behave, there's any number of ways this DNA can be used to impact not only individual people, but also groups of people or target people within society. So we have to be very vigilant and understand that this is something that just we cannot as a supposed civilized society stand for. Um, it makes uh, total sense whatsoever. And we're talking about a property crime? What, what, what was it? Yeah. I mean, this was a, a, a retail theft. So, you know, we're talking about something that she came to police looking for help in what was, you know, obviously a very low point, a very uh, a tough, difficult point in her life, having to be a survivor, to only then be, be victimized by the police years later. No one ever came to her and told her that they were still holding on to this DNA evidence six years later. No one ever told her that she could be subject to taking the information that she trusted them with and that they betrayed that trust and it would be weaponized against her. This is something she only found out about when she was at another difficult point in her life, going through a domestic violence or a domestic disturbance situation. And the police show up to her door. She needs the help. Neighbors called for help. And as opposed to, you know, ameliorating the situation, uh, the police say, hey, you know what? You have an arrest warrant. And it wasn't until she was sitting in jail, unable to make bail, did she find out what this arrest warrant was based upon. And that was DNA evidence that she had given to the police six years prior. And so, you know, this has stirred up a whole list of emotions for her because it's forcing her to relive the underlying trauma. And, you know, they've re-victimized her again. And we all know that uh, we as an African-American community, you know, have a very, very, very uh, uh, horrible, or some might say negative, or just the reality of it is we've been targeted by the criminal injustice system for far too long. And so this is just another slight, another slap in the face, another reason why our community has a healthy distrust for police and the criminal justice system. Um, just, again, unbelievable story. Uh, that, that makes no sense. And you're right. I can only imagine uh, how this woman is feeling. Dante, uh, Pointer, I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, Brianna, I'll start with you. This, this, look, you talk about a slippery slope uh, because I, I mentioned ancestry. I mentioned, oh. again, when you, when you start giving over, we used to be fingerprints. Now you start giving over your DNA, and then you don't know who these companies uh, are selling your information to uh, and whose hands it is going in. Right. Um, I've heard it past before uh, with Ancestry and a lot of people saying, okay, I don't want to know my Ancestry. It's not worth it in order um, for my DNA to be taken. And what they can do with the DNA, right? What the um, government might 
they, you know, they found the crime, but they might do something that's even more of a slippery slope that's against um, your rights. And it's just the most overreach of the government in the highest order. And um, I'm glad that California has created a law uh, to prevent this from happening again. But we definitely need more, um, I think, federal um, protections over it, not just state by state, because the government shouldn't be able to take our most um, precious genetic code, right? We've, we've had people exonerated from uh, realizing that it, it was the wrong DNA. And so that shouldn't just be freely um, taken um, and, and used against um, people's wills. Uh, indeed, and you just sit here, uh, and, and Demario. I mean, again, a, a woman gets raped, and they're using that DNA to arrest her for a property crime. Wow. Well, you know, we just dealt with this here at the Justice for Greenwood Foundation, We're dealing with the Tulsa race massacre, where the city of Tulsa set up a program that's just a PR pitch, really, and said they found these mass graves that we've been pushing for for many years, and they said, oh, we need to get DNA from black Tulsans and former black Tulsans so we can try to match who these individuals that we put into the ground in a mass grave. We rang the alarm. Really want to give a shout out to my good friend, Professor Eric Miller at Loyola Marymount University Law School. We actually looked at this and this is very dangerous for black people to give their DNA, even involuntarily, or in this case, voluntarily, in the case of our situation. Because it does not only impact you as an individual, it impacts your entire family tree, going up the tree and going down the tree. And this, this DNA uh, databases, they can be hacked. This DNA companies can sell your data to third parties. And the police, as in this situation, can always have access to the DNA evidence through a, uh, a warrant. So this is very, very troublesome. I really hate that this happened to this young lady to be re-traumatized. But I would say for anyone that's putting your DNA into these commercial third-party uh, vendors, be very, very careful because you're exposing not only yourself, but your entire family unknowingly. Mustafa. Well, this is just another example of how, tr how trust continues to be broken with law enforcement. That there's no reason for us to believe that they have our best interest at heart. The other part of it, as my sister just shared, is that we now need to see something from the Biden administration. Well, whether it is uh, more than likely nothing's going to happen in the fall, but after the election and as we move into 2023, you know, let's make sure that we actually have a federal law that's in place to address what's happening in this space. And then let's also make sure that the Department of Justice is making sure that police departments across the nation understand, you know, what their responsibilities are. Um, so I'm one who believes you got to have some strong language in place, and then there's got to be real accountability uh, to make sure that it is uh, playing out across the country. Um, indeed, indeed. All right, folks, going to break. We come back. We'll talk about the story of a white South Carolina teacher in trouble for calling a black colleague a monkey. Mm, okay. Uh, also, uh, why was Aretha Franklin being followed by the FBI and Brett Favre, rich white quarterback? taking money for the poor. And he said, is the media going to find out? Now we have. We'll show you the text messages uh, next on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Stud Network. Hey, folks, don't forget today, my book, White Fear, dropped all across the country. It is White Fear, how the brown of America is making white folks lose their minds. You can get it 
everywhere. Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, Ben Bella Books, the publisher, uh, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. Also, go to your favorite black bookstore. You can actually have them, get it from there as well. And of course, the book is available on Audible as well. Yes, I did the audio, audio recording, so all platforms. So get white fear how the brownie of America is making white folks lose their minds. It is out now. Back in a moment. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing, creating, making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are black beyond measure. Can you believe the nerve of these Republicans? They only want to block progress for our community. They talk about cutting Medicare and Social Security. They played politics with veterans' health care. They voted against the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and funding for our HBCUs and against lowering prescription drug costs for our seniors. These Republicans keep trying hard to stand in the way, but President Biden, Vice President Harris, and Democrats won't let them. They are delivering for us. The Democratic National Committee is responsible for the content of this advertising. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Hey, I'm Donnie Simpson. Hi, I'm Eric Nolan. I'm Shantae Moore. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Sozo Marshall has been missing from Jacksonville, Florida since September 6th. The 14-year-old is 5 feet 6 inches tall, weighs 125 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Sozo Marshall should call the Duval County Sheriff's Office at 904-630-0500. 904-630-0500. Folks, a white South Carolina teacher, uh, middle school teacher, is under investigation after admitting to using a racial slur and calling a fellow teacher a monkey. A black eighth grader at Oakbrook Middle School told his mother his teacher referred to a black professor as the monkey next door. This happens to be the same teacher who asked her class to participate in a cotton picking activity where she brought in raw cotton for the class. The child's parents alerted the Dorchester District School Administration to address the situation, 
but it's unclear if they got back to her. Now, according to the local affiliate uh, WCIV-TV, there's a recording where the teacher is heard admitting she made the monkey statement but says she didn't mean it that way. She defended her statement by saying the teacher she was referring to is her friend, who she calls that. The Dorchester School District has issued the following statement. Uh, Dorchester School District uh, 2 takes every allegation seriously. We are currently investigating an alleged incident at Oak Brook Middle School. Uh, Oak Brook Middle School. We do not comment on personnel matters. All staff should recognize that they are being continuously observed by students and that their actions and demeanor will be reflected in the conduct of the students. I, Brianna, I don't know that many black folk who <laughs> willingly let somebody white call them a monkey. <laughs> I don't believe it. Yeah, I know that she's a liar. And in South Carolina, a white woman knows better. Uh, there's, there's no excuse. Um, and it's unfortunate that the middle school is on the response, honestly. Um, we've seen it over and over again. And especially bringing in cotton. I mean... How much more clear than that? A liar. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not gonna buy that, Mustafa. No, neither am I. In the positioning of the school district, they said it's an alleged incident. How's it an alleged incident if you have uh, the person who did it? I'm saying that they did. It, so. I, I'm not sure who they have representing them, uh, but they really need to get their act together. The other part of it is, supposedly, from all the things that I read, this is not the, you know, first or the second time that this individual, you know, has went down this road. So, they, you know, you got to make sure, if you are a school district, if you are a principal, that you are addressing this with real intentionality. Um, so that it does not spread. And others think, well, if I say somebody's my friend, I can say whatever I want about them. That, that's, not, that's not what you're supposed to be doing in this situation. And you, at a minimum, should have already been relieved of your duty until the investigation is over. Uh, I, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how, how that one's going to work out, uh, DeMario. I, I, first of all, I ain't letting nobody black uh, call me no monkey. Oh, no, no, that's that. No, we friends. That's cute. No, I like, I'm, I've never met Brianna before, but I like she just dressed because she's a liar. And I agree, Brianna, she's a liar. No black person. I mean, Tim Scott is from South Carolina, so he may allow them to make statements like that to him. We got to keep that in mind, right? We got to keep that in mind. But most black people, normal black people, will not allow that. But for our audience, if this happens to you, if you are called a racial slur, and particularly in the educational setting, this is what you need to do. First of all, you need to make a complaint with the Department of Education, a Title VI complaint. Second of all, you need to make a police report because this is, uh, this is uh, to me, when a black, white person uses a racial slur towards a black person, that is violence. It's not just words. And then third of all, you should consult with an attorney in your location. At, at, at least it's an intentional affliction of emotional distress uh, it's probably a civil rights violation. So in addition to whatever the school is going to do as far as disciplining this individual, which sounds like has a history of racist, discriminatory conduct, as individual black people, we should take matters into our own hands, follow the proper steps, and do what you can to hold this individual accountable. Um, yeah, I think so. All right, folks, let's 
couple of this next story. So, Brett Favre, uh, NFL quarterback, retired, uh, rich dude from Mississippi. You know, he used, they gave him money supposed to go to welfare to build a volleyball uh, project. Well, the folks with Mississippi today uh, have been involved in a lawsuit, and they actually have the text messages. Uh, and, like, literally, this is the headline right here. Uh, governor, uh, the former governor, Phil Bryant, helped Brett Favre secure welfare funding for USM Volleyball Stadium text reveals. Now, here's what's so funny. Now, again, y'all, the money, now remember, Brett Favre also was given welfare money for speeches that he never gave, and he's been slow to pay the money back. Uh, so in the lawsuit, guess what they ended up? See, that's why I'm letting y'all know y'all send text messages. It'll come back to bite you in your ass. Here they were. Here they are. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? Hmm. The response from Nancy New, no, we never have had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens on Monday with a conversation with some of the folks at Southern. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Okay, thanks. And then, wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He is on board with us. We will get this done. Awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. Hmm. Hmm. We're talking about, DeMario, a state with the highest child poverty rate in the country. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. 
If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And you have folks in Mississippi using money for welfare folk, folk who need that money, going to a rich, retired NFL player. You know, that's the American way to give, to make white men who are rich, to make them richer, to pay them for not doing anything. That's how America was built, built upon our labor, built upon our sweat, built upon our, our brawn and our brains. And this is just a continuation of this. The fact that Will, uh, Brent Farr was not already arrested when it came out more than a year ago that he took money and did not, federal funds. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And did not perform these speeches. That is, that is fraud. That is fraud. And they want to talk about black people and welfare queens. This is the biggest welfare king as you can possibly imagine in Mississippi, a Hall of Fame quarterback. This guy should be prosecuted. Everyone that participated on those on those text messages from the governor on down should be prosecuted. They should be what what is the uh, DA over in Georgia utilizing the RICO statutes when you are having a criminal uh, conspiracy working together to defraud or create crimes? That is that, that's what we have here in these text messages. They should be prosecuted. They should be ashamed of themselves, but they're not. But I hope that the federal government. I hope that the federal government will come in and prosecute Brent Farr and the entire everyone that stole that money. Mustafa, what's shameful is that the welfare acceptance rate in Mississippi is less than 2%. This is a state with a bunch of broke people, and they hate giving them any federal welfare money. They do. You know, I've tracked some of this before. They will let you suffer and suffer and suffer and maybe even die before they will actually give you those benefits. But DeMario was on to something. So wherever those federal funds came from, and there are a couple of different agencies and departments that they should that they can come from, they actually should be doing a forensic audit of what's going on in Mississippi. Because if they don't, then they have some responsibility also for allowing these types of things to go on. Um, and then the question becomes, you know, are you actually going to step in? Um, since we know that Mississippi has not been living up uh, to what the responsibilities are that are tied to these dollars. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and if the Department of Justice actually gets engaged as well. I'm just saying, Brianna, it's taxpayer money. What's up? It's taxpayer money? Yeah, I think that Brett should go to jail. Um, as we've seen re constantly this year, um, the issue with PPP loans and the government is very confident and um, locking our community up uh, for fraud of that, even if um, paying it back. And so this 
is even worse, right? We're, we're, we're building big businesses off of the back of poor. Um, we see it time and time again with um, increasing fines because um, parking and so forth, um, it costs more to be poor. And so the fact that he took this money that should be going to the poor, um, and the funny part is he knew it was wrong because the text message is, well, anybody going to find this out? And then they leaked it themselves. And so um, something needs to be done. This uh, definitely needs to be repaid back with interest um, ASAP. Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, y'all, in Arizona, a judge has temporarily, temporarily blocked that law that prevents people from actually videotaping law enforcement within uh, eight feet. The judge uh, said, wait a minute, this very much could violate the First Amendment of the ACLU uh, sued. Uh, th this is something that right here, uh, we've seen so many of these cases, uh, DeMario, where we now know what happened because citizens were recording. And so these folks uh, in Arizona, they don't want cops being uh, recorded. They don't want these videos to go public because it holds police accountable. Well, you know, the cops always tell us, if you're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem? So if they're not doing anything wrong, what's the problem with them being recorded? The fact of the matter is, it is a violation of the First Amendment to stop people from recording law enforcement officers who are public employees doing work in a public location. And I would say to our audience, if you find yourself that, that you see something that's happening, some illegality, or you just feel suspicious about a law enforcement or a police officer activities, and you want to record, I encourage you to do it. But I do encourage you to be safe and smart. I do believe being even 10 feet back makes sense. You know, these cameras nowadays, our iPhones can zoom in. You don't have to be right up on the cop because you don't want to have an opportunity for the officer to say you are obstructing his or her ability to carry out their duties. That could cause you to be arrested yourself. It could cause you to be injured. We want you to get the information. And lastly, this is very important. When you are recording a video, don't narrate through it. As a lawyer, it is so frustrating to get a good video showing officers misconduct, and yet the person that's doing the video is cussing through the video, screaming through the video, saying, you can't do that. Get off of them. Why are you doing that? That does not help us get this officer held accountable. That does not help us in the courtroom. That may help you get Instagram or a Facebook likes go viral. Well, well hold on, hold on. I, 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 gotta, I, gotta, I gotta stop you right there, Demario. No, 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 nope. I gotta stop you there. First of all, when we look at a lot of these videos, they typically are shot by somebody who is the spouse or the girlfriend of the person. That's an emotional response. That, that that's something that's happening. I mean, you, you're not gonna have somebody. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I'm not done. I'm not done. I, I, Demario, you, you're not. It, it is not. It is natural if all of a sudden, it, it you, you're the brother in Texas who was in his driveway, and then the cops just roll up, say, "Oh yeah, there's a warrant out for you in Louisiana." His wife comes out. And she's like, stop, what are you doing? With that? That's a natural deal. So, I mean, I get your point, 
but we also are dealing with human beings who are watching things happen in real time. They're going to react naturally. That's fine, Roland, but number one, I, I see I see these videos all day, every day. And just because the big videos go to national, I'm looking at videos that happen all the time with people all the time. That's number one. And number two, my, my goal is to help our people achieve justice. And yes, it is an emotional response. Yes, it is natural. But what I'm telling you, that it is better to hold someone accountable because when you go in front of a jury, particularly in places like where I live and in where you're going to, even in black places, federal courts are usually going to have mostly all white jurors. They will be so focused sometime on the language. I what's get it. They won't focus. So, so we as a people have to understand that we're at war. We have to do I, what we can. I, I, I get it. I, I just, so, Brianna, I just don't think you're gonna have people go. Oh, I, let me not cuss on this video. Let me. Let me just say, I mean, everybody is not dealing with their their spouse. I see videos all the time where the people are recording this. And, 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 right, and, and, what, and what I'm saying is, those are also just regular, ordinary people. People go, but, the natural reaction is like, yo, man, what y'all doing? Get off that man's neck. They, that doesn't help anything. What, but but Demario, here's the deal. It's some things that are just natural that are going to happen. There's a lot of things natural that we tell people not to do. It's a lot of things natural. I, 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 I just don't think that, I just don't think that in the heat of that moment, somebody's going to be going, oh, shh. Everybody be quiet. Everybody be quiet. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Brianna, weigh in. Uh, I think that you both have great points. I think that... Um, Stop trying to be Switzerland and be real. Stop trying to be Switzerland. Uh, just, well, she don't want to tell you that uh, you uh, Demario, Demario, uh, uh, Demario, she talking. <laughs> no, you might be emotional. Um, we, we, like we, Demario we, is right now. Go ahead. <laughs> we've seen on this show on times where a mother had to see his son, uh, see their son get dragged. And so stuff like that, or like, you know, comply or whatnot might um, be overpowering. And so we, we, we can see those instances, but I also understand what he's saying as well in the sense of, if you can try to be quiet so that this can be utilized for evidence so we can hear what's going on from the police so it could be a better shot. And as Uncle Rose says, keep her horizontal so it can look good for us to, to put back on the TV. Um, so I, I think that there's there's sometimes it's going to be too hard to be quiet, right? You're actually involved. You're trying to help the person, and it's very emotional. But the times where you are less attached to it, stand back and be quiet. Uh, Mustafa. You know, police officers aren't doing anything wrong, then they shouldn't have anything to fear. They should make sure that... You know, they're following the, the police procedures that they have in place and the training that everybody keeps talking about. When something bad happens, we always say, well, let, we need more training. Um, so let's actually see that playing out. And I think they shouldn't have a problem with folks recording because it's the only way we can make sure that the fullness of the story, the fullness of what has happened actually gets out there for folks to be able to then judge for themselves if someone has been, you know, doing police brutality or who have went above... Uh, and, and outside of the law. All right, folks, hold tight. One second, we come back. Stacey Abrams, I talked with her about her run for governor of Georgia. Sheila Johnson opens uh, a new black-owned hotel in the nation's capital. We'll show you uh, that as well. Plus, Cheryl Lee Ralph, an amazing emotional response to winning her first-ever Emmy last night. Also, a lot of people are talking about 
Jimmy Fallon sleeping, laying on the stage while the sister was trying to get, uh, giving her Emmy speech. Black Twitter has been lighting his ass up all day long. We'll talk about uh, both of those things. Plus, we remember the great Ramsey Lewis, the jazz pianist who died yesterday at the age of 87. Folks, you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget, download our app, Apple Phone, Android Phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, you can join our Brina Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support this show. Our goal is to get um, uh, 20,000 of our fans giving on average 50 bucks each. Uh, that's $4.19 a month, $0.13 cents a day. Uh, please do so. Our goal is to raise $100,000 this month, so we need 2,000 fans contributing at least $50 each to hit our goal. Cash, again, check in money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollinsmartin.com. Rolling at rollinmartinunfiltered.com. Shout out to Larry, Craig Thomas, Lisa Moore, Crystal Jordan, Cordell McMillan, G. Smith, um, and Dorothy Robinson, uh, James Harp, Cynthia Lata, Letitia Owens, Michael Jordan, Inga Jackson, Michael Tazanu, uh, uh, Bettina, TYWS, Crystal Handy, uh, and also Ch Sherry, uh, Cherry Jackson, Martha Rivers, Mike, Alfred, Hewitt, uh, and Matthew Murphy, Terry Ann Ray as well, uh, Singleton, Veronica Clayton, Karen Calloway, Mary Smith, Cynthia Cooper, Jean Levy, Maverick Davis, Carolyn Teagle, Anita Parham, Adrian Hawkins, Michael, Car Carlton Freeman, Kevin Gibson, Deborah Giambuso, Jacqueline Vaughn, Alonda Ratney, Rosa Johnson, Charlotte Hawkins, Marigold Media, Layla Harris, Danny, Grover Daniels, Donna Robinson, Helen Smith, Cynthia Collins, Gregory, Terrence Green, Reginald Sanders Sr., Joseph Terry, Tretta Alexander, uh, Chanita Grant, Joy, uh, let's see here, Dr. Daphne Davis, Anita, uh, and uh, let's see, Eloise, uh, Antonio Heath, Jeffrey Holt, Sharon Gist, Juan Bell, Tamla Nichols, Laura Bryant, Stephen Waters, Tawana Mason, Paul Broadnax, James Hunt, Thomas Hart, Robin France, Diane Johnson, Lewis Kelly Jr., uh, Tommy Williams, Danielle McGee, Thomas McCroskey, Rendell Chamblay, uh, Briante Brewer, Jennifer Dungy, Dennis Mazant, Denise Mazant, Phyllis Bell, Carl McKenzie, uh, again, uh, Eaton Hart, Nathaniel Bonner, Donnie Alford, Gwendolyn Allen, Desmond Carter, and Monica, all who gave on cash out. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Back in a moment. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I remember being with The View when they said, we want to extend your contract. And I knew God said, it's time to move. It's time to go. And everybody was saying, Cher, you got a great job. You're making all of this money. And I said, no, it's time. And they said, you ain't going to be able to. You've been away from Hollywood. And, and I said, it's time to go. And when I didn't, right. that's when I realized I was about to go through this divorce. And I was gonna, it was going to be expensive. It was going to be a lot. And I said, I'm going to stay. I said, I'm going to stay for a couple of years. So you make this money. See, go ahead. I'm going to make this money. And then I'll get out lower. So I'm going to do a compromise. I'm going to do what you say, but I'm going to do it on, on my thing. And he went, really? He went, really. And you know what? Really, they said that we were heavy in in contract negotiations, and they came. My manager called. She said, 
they're not gonna uh, renew your contract. And I went, hey, wait, what, suit, what? He, just yesterday, they was offering me more money. She said, they just decided not to renew your contract. And I remember sitting in front of the mirror at The View, and I went, what happened? And it was very clear. God said, I told you it was time to go. in ourselves. We're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Hi, I'm Vivian Green. Hi, this is Essence Atkins. Hey everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. All right, folks, they say Abrams is in a tight race uh, against uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp to be the next governor of the state. She lost four years ago by 30,000 votes to Brian Kemp. She and I talked earlier about what is, what is going to be needed for her to become a victorious in November. Here's our conversation. All right, Stacey Abrams, glad to have you uh, on the show. It's been a while. You've been out and about on the campaign trail. Let's get right into it. Um, you look at the polling data. I've seen various polls showing you around 85% African-Americans. You know, what is it going to take uh, to get that number? You I mean, you need that number to be at 90, 92, 94% uh, uh, you know, for supporting you to beat Brian Kemp. Well, we believe that the issue is not me or Kemp. It is whether people are going to vote or not vote. And as you know, people are feeling exhausted. They're feeling anxious. And midterms just don't tend to generate the same level of engagement. But we've got to change that. You have on a shirt that says, vote as though your life depends on it. But we know in Georgia, it's actually true. We're about to lose another hospital, the sixth one to shut down in Georgia, yet another one shutting down in a Black community. We have a governor who has expanded access to guns and made our laws weaker. And we know that that is turning into more gun violence that is disproportionately affecting Black people in the state of Georgia. Guns are the number one killer of our kids right now. We know that this is a governor who does not believe in advancing and investing in our communities. We have a black to a black to white gap of although we're 33% of the population, we're only 2.2% of the business revenue. And it's going to take 100 years to close that gap. Brian Kemp said he needs to study the issue. I already understand the solution. We need to expand access to contracts. And that's something a governor can do without legislation. These are all issues that are affecting the black community right now. Governor Kemp does not have our best interest at heart, but we need people to believe that not only do we deserve more, we can have more. And when that is the case, when people believe that, we'll see those numbers go up because it's not about whether it's me or Kemp. It's about understanding that Kemp is dangerous for the black community and that I am the solution to so many of the challenges we've been seeing for the last 20 years. Um, when we talk about uh, one of the things that as I look at um, polling data also uh, when it comes to black men. I've been sounding this alarm for 10 years. Uh, there's a nine-point gap between black men and black women with Obama and Romney in 2012. It was up 13, 13 points. Um, Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, when uh, you look at the uh, senatorial race in um, North Carolina between Cunningham uh, and Tillis, uh, the number was around 18%. Um, what is your message to black men? What are you hearing out there uh, because there's a lot of dissatisfaction with President Joe Biden, a lot of dissatisfaction with Democrats, 
where where a group of black men saying, hey, if you're not appealing to me economically, I'm not going to support you. What are you saying to them? Well, I, I begin by saying that we have seen what Brian Kemp is not willing to do. He got PPP for his business, but most black businesses in Georgia didn't get a dime and he did nothing to help prop up or invest in black businesses. I did. Through my private company, we helped move money into a number of small businesses and I've done everything I can to help them. We know that he has done nothing to help returning citizens get access to jobs and opportunity. I want to make certain we create an entrepreneur's learner's permit so that those who finish and have served their time can get access to economic opportunity. We know that too many of our young black men are not finishing high school and they drop out and drop basically drop out of society. I want to create apprenticeships so they can learn while they earn. I want to make certain that we are not over-criminalizing them as they're young black boys, but that we're also creating a pathway to higher education where technical college is once again free in Georgia. Republicans stop that. Democrats created free technical college. Republicans eliminated it in 2011. I want to restore it. I want to make certain that we create need-based aid in Georgia. We're one of only two states that does not do so. And that disproportionately harms not only black students, but black men. Because in Georgia, you have to rely on the merit-based hope scholarship. And it is the it, black kids are the least likely to get it and the most likely to lose it. If we create need-based aid, more of our black kids can not only go to college, they can finish college. And I want to create a solution to the fact that we are disproportionately not receiving state contracts. Right now, the governor has the authority to say to every single agency, you have to hit certain targets of purchasing from minority-owned businesses, especially Black-owned businesses. Brian Kemp won't do it, I will. But we can also create cluster contracts, and a lot of our Black business owners understand this. You hear about all those billions of dollars coming into the state from infrastructure and the Inflation Reduction Act, but you can't bid on those contracts because you aren't big enough yet. Well, I want to break those into smaller contracts that I call cluster contracts so that smaller companies can bid on them and win because the prime subcontracting program does not work. You basically become the sub of a sub of a sub yeah. 10%. I want to make sure you get a piece of the pie, not the crumbs, and the governor can do that. The way I frame it, I'm going to be the Maynard Jackson of Georgia. What Maynard Jackson did for black yep. economic success in the 1970s as mayor, the governor can do for the entire state. And it doesn't require legislation. It requires leadership. Brian Kemp has not done it, will not do it. I can and I will. Well, it's a great point. I was about to make that what, what, because when Mayor Jackson came in, uh, Blacks were getting 0.0012% of all contracts. And that was, was why Atlanta is considered uh, the Black Mecca uh, today, when you last ran, you hit counties, you hit every county in the state. Uh, you were talking to white voters in rural Georgia. Uh, one of the issues we look at with uh, black farmers, but also agriculture, that's a huge issue in Georgia as well. Uh, and so what is your message to those uh, rural, white, agriculture-based uh, folks in Georgia that, uh, that Stacey Abrams will be better for them than Brian Kemp has been? Well, I think it's two messages. It's to all rural Georgians, because in Georgia, one third of our population is African-American. People often mistake rural to mean white in Georgia, and actually it's much more diverse than people realize. And one of the challenges is that billions of dollars were allocated across the country through the efforts of Raphael Warnock, Cory Booker, David Scott, to get money to black farmers through the COVID relief dollars. That money is being held up in litigation, and our governor, and our attorney general have done nothing to defend black farmers in Georgia. And it benefits every farmer in Georgia. If more money pours in 
and helps us expand our base, agriculture continues to be our dominant industry and it is a benefit to everyone for black farmers to finally get what they are owed. But the current governor has not done a thing to help bring those dollars home. In addition, I wanna create a family farm fund. What I wanna do is make sure we're not only privileging those mega industrial farms, but that our smaller farmers are getting the money they need. If you've ever tried to navigate a USDA contract, those things take forever. And sometimes all you need is access to a tractor. You don't need to be able to buy an entire factory. I want to make sure that we create a $5 million family fund uh, initiative, family farm initiative, so that farmers of all races can get access to those dollars, especially those micro farms and those organic farms that can create jobs. Because one in every seven jobs in Georgia is in agriculture. And by expanding apprenticeships, technical college, and, free co and making sure college is affordable, we can also take advantage of the technological changes that are happening on our farms and in agriculture. I'm the only one with a plan to make sure that all of our young people can not only have access, but can stay where they are. They don't have to move to Atlanta to get opportunity. I want to invest in the places where they live so they can grow and live where they choose. Last question for you. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's about turnout, 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 turnout. That was the case uh, for Warnock and Ossoff in the runoff in 2020. That was the case uh, for Biden and Harris in Georgia as well. Uh, a lot of money is going to be spent on television, a lot of money by these campaigns. Uh, but the reality is the money has to also be put on the ground because you got to reach, you know, picking up two and three and four and thousand. That's going to be the difference between win or lose. You know that after the last election. Well, I have been I've been lauded by some for the work I do with organizing, but it comes from a basic understanding that the efforts on the ground are what moves the needle. Air cover is absolutely important because it's how you set the narrative. It's how people know what's at stake. But it's on the ground that you get them to the polls. And that's why we've got to do both and. That's why we need people to remember the energy they felt, not only in 20 and 2021, but in, 19, in 2018. I can't be a brand new candidate again. Uh, and I, I'm not going to be able to generate the, the first time excitement. But what we can do is remember the message of that first time. We can change the future of Georgia with a governor who believes in the people of Georgia. Brian Kemp didn't commit treason once, but he has been an architect of voter suppression. He is continuing to push voter suppression activities. He is refusing to invest in our hospitals. He's lost six hospitals. He has stripped women of their bodily autonomy, especially black women. He is returning us to a mass incarceration state. He has weakened gun laws. He is dangerous to the people of Georgia, to black people in Georgia, but we only change the future if we show up in this election. And so my message is this, I'm gonna be doing everything I can to energize and educate, but I need everyone to understand that this is our turn. We have the ability and the power to set the future, not only for Georgia, but for the South. We have seen 20 years of what Republican leadership has done. We have a chance to actually in Georgia change the future. 2020 and 2021 weren't flukes. They were the result of years of effort, but we can't give up now. We are this close to the finish line. And what we were able to do on the national level, we can do for ourselves in Georgia because it is governors who decide the future. A governor created Stand Your Ground that killed Trayvon Martin. A governor eroded the social safety net that became the welfare reform bill. A governor did the three strikes or outlaw that turned into the 94 crime bill. And Jim Crow never had a single federal law. It was all Southern governors in nine states that stripped Black people of their humanity 
for 150 years. And on November 8th, we have the chance to set the future for Black Georgians, for Black Americans, and for all Georgians. And I want their help to get it done. All right, Stacey, we appreciate it. Look forward to having you back, and I'll be in Georgia uh, soon. So we'll be on the ground there. So I'm sure our paths will cross. Thank you so much, and congratulations on your book. Appreciate it. Take care. You as well. All right, folks, we appreciate that. I mean, the, the thing about uh, this race, Mustafa, as I said, it, it's going to come down to turnout. Simple as that. You've got folks on the right uh, who are energized. But when you look at those polling numbers, now, there is some concern there that Stacey Abrams is at 85%. You look on the Senate side, Warnock is down two or three points to Herschel Walker. President Biden's approval numbers, even though they have gone up since the student uh, loan uh, debt, student debt announcement, uh, is really dragging them down. You know, they've got to be at 92, 94% among African Americans. Uh, and again, it's going to come down to the turnout for them to win in November. Yeah, without a doubt. It goes back to what my grandmother says, that you have power unless you give it away. You know, 33% of the folks there in Georgia are black. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's real opportunities. If you listen to Stacey's platform and what she's talking about, she's actually breaking it down. You know, all those huge amounts of dollars that are flowing. And, you know, her actually talking about the cluster grants so that folks can actually be able to access those dollars is so incredibly important. And it touches every aspect of the things that folks in Georgia are asking for, everything around health care and the environment and jobs and housing and changing transportation sets of opportunities. Um, so folks really need to just, one, open, open up their minds and listen to what the two candidates are actually sharing with you, and, and then actually get out there in the polls. I know folks keep saying that folks are tired. But, you know, it, you know, what our sister Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. If you are sick and tired, then we got to actually utilize this opportunity to change the dynamics and to get individuals into office who will make sure in the future that you are no longer sick and tired. Uh, Brianna, the reality is this here, the hell with the polls. If you live in Georgia, if you live in Pennsylvania, if you live in Wisconsin, if you live in any state with this election, ignore all polls. You should be operating as if your candidate is five points down and what I keep arguing for African-Americans, like I get some of these old dumbass FBA people, uh, we not going to vote. I was like, you stupid as hell. Bottom line is here. You can't be running around talking about uh, this is what you want, this is what you want. Well, how in the hell are you going to get it if you don't vote based upon the policymakers? We have to maximize our numbers. If we don't maximize our numbers in Georgia, then Warnock doesn't win. Uh, Abrams doesn't win. We don't maximize our numbers. Black folks in North Carolina, Sheriff Beasley doesn't win. We don't maximize our numbers in Wisconsin. Mandela Barnes is not going to win. We don't maximize our numbers in Florida. Demings is not going to win. You're talking about, you could have four, five, or six black United States senators. We're talking about Demings in Florida. You have Barnes in Wisconsin. You've got Warnock in Georgia We're coming back. Uh, you, you've got, of course, you got Booker in Kentucky. You got uh, ch uh, you got uh, Chambers uh, and uh, uh, the other sister we had on the show who's running in, in, in Louisiana. I mean, you've got candidates who are running, but you've got to have folk who are showing up and showing out. Absolutely. The only poll that matters is the poll on Election Day. We say that over and over again because we can see even from 2016 polls come out and they're wrong. Um, what matters is you going out to vote. Um, really stressing the fact that um, Stacey Abrams said 
There were hospitals. There were two hospitals in the community that closed. That's huge on a community. Knowing what that means uh, to to our people and not having those hotels, I mean, those hospitals is very important. Stressing what has gone wrong, what has not been done enough uh, in Georgia. I really like that she laid it right on about the black agenda. Um, she didn't, you know, beat around the bush. A lot of people say, oh, okay, well, if I do this, then it helps the black people. She's very upfront about helping black people, helping our community. Um, she said, learn, um, earn while learning. And um, I think that's very profound as we have issues with our student loan uh, debt and being able to give opportunities to our community. And she's willing to do that. She has a plan and we just need to be able to communicate that more to people and how important for us to go out and vote. Uh, absolutely. Uh, just a total truth there. Uh, DeMario. Well, first of all, big shout out to Stacey Abrams. She stood with us last year with the um, Tulsa race massacre. And she said she was not going to come to Tulsa when she found out that the city was trying to use her to raise th money for themselves and not for our survivors and their descendants. So I'm a huge, I was already a huge fan of hers, bigger fan after getting an opportunity to, to work with her team. I love, as the sister just stated, how clear she was on what she's going to do for black people. Look, we all understand that the Republicans are racist. I consider that all of them are MAGA, and they all want to put us back to enslavement. We understand that. But it's also important for candidates to be very clear about what they're going to do for black people and black communities. Stacey Abrams, every candidate that's running and need black votes, they should listen to this, your interview with Stacey Abrams, and do what she did. Because if you listen to her, you're very clear what she's going to do for our community. And that's important to get people mobilized and energized to go vote. It's not enough to say, as your shirt, I love your shirt, by the way, vote as my ancestors died for, because that's true. But that's not enough for some people. It's not enough to talk about how bad Trump is and he's horrible and how bad the Republicans are and they're terrible. But that's not enough for some people. Some people need to hear, this is what I'm going to do for this community. So I think if people can do what Stacey's doing, and she continued to do that. I believe she will be successful. I believe Warnock will be successful. And we can get these other brothers and sisters into the Senate who will do the good work for our community and for this country. Uh, indeed, indeed. So, um, you know, uh, th this, this is the thing. Um, uh, again, Mustafa, I, I keep walking people through this. Um, if you say, and this is the thing that, again, it trips me out. Folks say, I want this. Okay, let's be clear. No candidate can give it to you. They can promise it. They can say, I'm going to fight for it. But you're not going to get it during the campaign. The only way you're going to get it is if they win. So I don't understand the logic of people who say, we don't get this, we're not voting. You're not going to get it from somebody who's not in office. <laughs> and second of all, you can make a demand of an individual, but we see it in the Senate. One person can't actually give it to you. It requires working to get the votes to make it happen. Again, I just think we got to have Schoolhouse Rock 2.0 for these folk 
who, 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 it's real easy to tweet something or put it on Instagram, right. but the reality of getting it is something that's totally different. Right. Well, you know, that's the difference of those of us who've actually done the work on the ground, uh, understanding what organizing truly looks like, what does strategic goal setting look like, and how much you have to invest to actually be able to make that become a reality. And we understand that it's not an instant process. It, it is a set of actions over time. It is a building one on top of the other. And that's why in this moment, I often talk about transformational moments. We got a chance, as you shared, to have a number of folks who are committed to our communities holding some of the highest offices across our country, being governors of states. But we've got to understand this moment, and we've got to just make sure that, one, we're helping to educate our folks, to get our folks out, and then the accountability comes after we get those folks in office and to make sure that those things become a reality. And I know many of the individuals that you talked about, um, and, and I know that they are true to our community, they are authentic to our communities, and they are going to deliver if we can get the numbers in place to be able to help them to be able to do that. Uh, indeed. So uh, I, I just want people to understand, because I, I had somebody said, oh, well, our ancestors, they died more than just for the vote. Well, no kidding, dumbass. You can't put it all on a T-shirt. I mean, I, 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 I'm telling you, some of these simple signs get on my damn nerves when they respond with that stupid shit on social media. Like, that's the only thing they would... I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, I, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, I, I just got little patience for stupid people. I, I just really do. Okay, and these people who whine and complain, and I keep saying, okay, well, please show me how you're gonna get it. Please, by all means, show me how you're going to get it if you don't switch out the policymakers. D don't tell me you want the George Floyd Justice Act and you blind to the fact that right now the US Senate is 50 50. If we maximize our votes, we could come back in January and it'll be 55-45. So guess what? No, Cinema Mansion no longer uh, in the way. Now some other folks might show themselves, but guess what? Numbers change. And so that's what it boils down to. Cause see, let me be clear to all the simple Simons out there, okay? Those of y'all who are confused, the right, let, let me be real clear. The right, right now, they're not sitting around bitching and moaning. Let, let me be real clear with y'all. I told y'all last night, the governor of Arizona kept saying the election was certified and was legal. Uh, you got crazy-ass Carrie Lake, Trump MAGA-loving election denier. She wins a nomination. He campaigning with her. Now, he was against her in the primary. Does, does Doug Ducey know she crazy? Hell yeah, he knows she crazy. He knows she's sick in the head. But there's an R in front of her name. They want power. New Hampshire, Sununu, the person running to replace it, he know they crazy. Election denier. They won the primary. Guess who he's <clears throat> backing? Now, I told y'all Larry Hogan in Maryland, he is refusing to support the crazy fool who won in Maryland the Republican nomination, he like, no, he ain't election denied. I ain't supporting him. But you know what's interesting? The Tarrant County, Texas judge, 
what Fort Worth is, is not supporting Dan Patrick for lieutenant governor. He's supporting the Democrat. He's like, basically, Dan Patrick a damn fool. And he is. So, so what I'm trying to get y'all to understand, it's a whole bunch of purists over here going, nope, I'm not doing this. You know what they say on the other side? Damn that. We want to win. Because we want power. To me, I want to win. And I'm going to figure out who gets me to the victory path to then get what I want. And so a lot of y'all in Georgia, a lot of you brothers and sisters, you sitting around and you mad about Biden. Listen to me clearly. If y'all stay home and let dumbass Herschel Walker win, we are talking about one of the dumbest people ever <laughs> to run for office. He makes Tommy Tuberville of Alabama look like a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> Herschel Walker could be the next U.S. Senator from Georgia. You know who can stop him? You. We can. Oh, we can stop him. We can take out Senator Ron Johnson in Wisconsin if we maximize our vote for Mandela Barnes. We could take out that MAGA-loving fool in North Carolina, Judd, and back Sherry Beasley, who when she ran for Supreme Court, just chief of the Supreme Court of North Carolina in 2020, lost by 400 votes, y'all. 400 votes. We could take out that fool Marco Rubio in Florida, supporting uh, Representative Val Demings. What I'm trying to say is, I don't want to see on election night when we're going to be here for six hours and we see in the aftermath, black voter turnout was 52%, 48%. Nah, I want to see 80, 85. Y'all can write it down right now. If black voter turnout in Georgia and North Carolina, I'm talking about turnout, not a percentage of the turnout. I'm talking about a percentage of the eligible and registered voters. We hit 80 and 85% first black woman uh, in the uh, United States Senate from North Carolina. She'll be there. Barnes will be there. Demons will be there. Warnock comes back. Booker already there. You know, I don't even count Tim Scott. But that's five. <laughs> you will have five black Democratic senators in U.S. Senate. Don't, don't let your vote sit at home. Don't do it. We come back, FBI. They had Aretha Franklin, the queen, under surveillance. We're going to talk about that. Also, in our Marketplace segment, uh, Sheila Johnson, co-founder of BET, owner of Salamander Resorts, opens a new five-star hotel in Washington, D.C. That's right. When y'all come to D.C., you can stay in a black-owned hotel. We'll show you uh, Salamander Hotel uh, when we come back. Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Uh, download the app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Support us by joining our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, see your check and money orders too, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal's R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo's RM Unfiltered. Zell, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene. A white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we've seen shock. We're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, 
whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. What's up, what's up? I'm Dr. Ricky Dillard, the choir master. Hey, yo, peace, world. What's going on? It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Yesterday, uh, I was there in right in D.C., well, former Mandarin uh, Oriental Hotel, where, uh, of course, um, Sheila Johnson, she now uh, owns that. You see it right there. It is now called Salamander. That's named after the, uh, of course, the resort, resort that she launched in Middleburg, uh, Tennessee. Uh, excuse me, Middleburg, Virginia, a few years ago. Uh, and she, of course, owns property properties all across uh, the country. You see those properties right there. Uh, this is her newest one. Uh, they they are not just managing this, they also are controlling it. Uh, and uh, it was a, a great opportunity uh, to see the folks there, to see what she has done. Just an amazing, amazing job. Amazing job of, um, uh, of what, what she's been able to contribute there. Uh, and so they had the band plan. Come on, y'all, let's hear some of that. They had the band plan. Uh, the people who were there and exciting. Uh, and um, so Sheila, uh, she uh, talked about uh, what she's doing, this being uh, the third phase of her life uh, and how she's excited about this opportunity uh, to own this latest luxury property uh, here in the nation's capital. Uh, and here's what she had to say. Incredible. I can't thank all of you enough for being here and proud. Thank you, and I want to thank everyone again for your attendance. Welcome to Salamander, Washington, D.C. First, I really want to thank Henderson Park and its CEO, Nick Weber, for their partnership and believing in us for this project. 
We will achieve great things together, and this is just the first. We know Henderson Park, no pressure. We know Henderson Park shares our love for Washington, D.C., and our desire to create a special destination hotel. Now, to our speakers today, Mayor Bowser and Jason Wright, thank you for your time and words. I know the mayor's here. Jason, where are you? Oh, I got you. Okay. Just want to make sure you're here. You know, the commanders had a win yesterday. Did you bring any players with you? Ah. Oh, boy. Okay. So to our Salamander Hotel and Resorts team, led by Prem Devados, and our executive team, Dale Palatier, Tracy Slovania, John Spears, Teresa Silo, and Chris King. Transitioning a hotel of this size and scope is a tremendous undertaking. I cannot begin to tell you, and I've got to give them all the credit, in the past four days, I was at the University of Illinois delivering a Title IX speech and directing the marching band, the Fighting Illini, um, and they were back here working, sanitizing, taking artwork down, putting artwork up, I can't thank you enough, and getting the signs up outside. I can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done. And lastly, but certainly not least, to the wonderful hotel staff, led by our general manager, Manuel Martinez, who has been working tirelessly through a very busy time period. We welcome you to the Salamander family with open arms and warm embrace. Now this year marks the 50th anniversary of me conducting business in Washington, D.C. And I can't, think of, I can't think of anything more benefiting than celebrating the launch of this property with you. Uh, we're delighted to bring Salamander's welcoming and diverse style of luxury hospitality to the nation's capital. Now, many of you have heard this story, but I am in the third act of my life. The first act, since 1972, I was a teacher, I taught at Sidwell Friends, and also then started Young Strings in Action, an orchestra that went to the Middle East, um, that we became ambassadors to Jordan. And uh, then Act Two, of course, during that time, also starting DC Cable, bringing cable television to DC, and then Black Entertainment Television. But now the third act of my life is this. And this is the happiest part of my life, I'm here to tell you. Because it's mine! So as you know, we got started opening Salamander Resort and Spa in Middleburg, and you know what I went through getting that open. But you know, you get stronger through going through the adversity, I've learned a lot of lessons because look at what we've accomplished, and it's really amazing. Now, since we opened nine years ago, it has become one of the most successful resorts in the country, and we have worked hard to retrieve the Forbes star rating for both the resort and the spa. And this is the, the resort has gotten it four years in a row, and this is the first year that we have been able to achieve the Forbes star, five star for both the resort and the spa. We're one of 30 hotels in the whole country that has received this honor and one of 63 in the whole world. 
done, we've been able to create the Middleburg Film Festival that is going into its 10th year. And we've had our second year of the Family Reunion, which will continue. But all of this programming, we're going to bring a little bit of that here to Washington, D.C. Because we want to re really put together the town and country feel. So what you see here is just the beginning. Wait till you see what we have in, ahead of us. We have already are developing these synergies between the two properties for the benefit of many of our loyal guests, including, as I said, town and country packages. Additionally, over the past decade, we have grown into one of the top hotel brands in the world, recently gaining recognition from both Travel and Leisure and USA Today. We now have properties in iconic locations, of course, Middleburg, Aspen, we have Aspen Meadows, the Aspen Institute, Charleston, the Hotel Bennett, Tampa Bay Innisbrook Golf Resort, we're part of the PGA Tour, the Valspar Tournament, Jamaica Half Moon, Aguila, the Aurora Hotel in Aguila, and now Washington, D.C. But I've already got so many other connections to D.C., as several of you know. You know, I'm vice chairman and president and managing party, partner of Monumental Sports. But I also want to call out, where are my two players? Some of the players showed up today. Where's Tiana Hawkins? Where are you? championships. Who did I see in that front row? But our mayor. It was one of the most exciting. And it, it was right after the event uh, auditorium had been built, the arena. And for us to bring that to Ward 8 was amazing. Jason Wright and myself, we also co-chair the uh, Greater Washington Partnership, where we have been really working with all corporate leaders within Washington, D.C to really raise enough money and funds to help support minority and small business. And we are very, very proud of what we've been able to do. Jason, am I right? We raised 4.75 billion that's gonna go across the country over the next five years. The other thing, if you all have not noticed, there is a new facility going up on the National Mall, it's right near the Lincoln Monument, across from the Martin Luther King Memorial. But I've been able to raise 18 million to build new horse stables. Did you know that, Madam Mayor? So our United States Park Police now have a home, and so do those wonderful horses. So my horse chief is the leader. He's passed firearms training, he is great. There's so many other things that we're doing, the charter school project, but I just want you to know, we're not just here as a hotel company, we also work with the community. We're gonna be establishing new partnerships and relationships, and really, I'm gonna work alongside the mayor to try and do whatever we can to enhance this great city. Which brings us back to Salamander, Washington, D.C., and the reason why we're here to celebrate. 
This property is already a grand luxury hotel, and we intend to introduce the warm and inviting feeling that guests enjoy at our other Salamander properties. Salamander is renowned for approachable luxury, and that's our intent for this hotel, and it's a beautiful building and has a great reputation. Our goal is to simply adjust, and we're really gonna elevate through service and programming. We also intend to physically enhance this hotel with a variety of improvements. Prem is gonna to touch on these shortly and we will create a gathering place for the community, especially utilizing our Grand Lawn, where we actually want to hold, this is where we wanted to hold the event, but we didn't know what the weather was gonna do. We also recognize that we are surrounded by amazing activities and attractions and we want to become a constructive community and partner. D.C. has always been a wonderful place to live and visit, but especially now, it is exceptionally brilliant and vibrant. One of the reasons is our next speaker. It is my pleasure to introduce Mayor Muriel Bowser. And prior, I'm not done, <laughs> prior to becoming mayor in 2015. So, um, I, I'm gonna address a comment in a second. Uh, uh, Holly Perrin, just be prepared. I'm about to light your ass up in a second for a comment that you just made. Uh, but uh, here was Mira, Mira, Mira Bowser speaking yesterday. Everybody give a big round of applause to Sheila Johnson. Let's give a DC welcome home to Sheila Johnson. for our city to have a businesswoman of Sheila's caliber invest in Washington, D.C. Uh, she has mentioned all of the, the big things that she has already done here, uh, including creating the communications and entertainment powerhouse that was black entertainment television, uh, but also bringing us champions in the form of the Washington Mystics. So let's give them a round of applause. I want to congratulate her, her team at Salamander, the Henderson Park Partnership for acquiring the Mandarin Oriental DC and adding it to your international portfolio of luxury hotels and resorts. I'm speaking on behalf of my entire administration, 700,000 Washingtonians and millions of people from around the world to come to visit Washington DC. We too are in the hospitality business. And hospitality, yes, is fun, games, spas, great hotels and events, but it is also jobs and jobs for DC residents. Uh, I am proud of the entertainment and hospitality team that we have put together in Washington, and I want to recognize the head of All our right, folks, uh, Jason Wright, who was the first black president of an NFL franchise, the Washington Commanders. Uh, he is a, uh, a good friend of uh, Sheila Johnson's. Uh, he, um, he spoke yesterday as well uh, and shared some thoughts uh, shared some thoughts with the folks there about, about their relationship uh, and about the work that uh, she is doing there. And so here's what Jason had to say. 
Uh, it's a lot uh, nicer reception after you win. It's very nice. True. Um, it's really an honor to be here. Um, Sheila is a special person to many of us in this room. She's a very special person to me personally. And so I'm going to take a different tact. Instead of reading her resume back to you, which would be a two-hour long speech, I'm instead going to talk to you about what she's meant to me personally. And, and maybe you've experienced this about Sheila, too. There are three things that come to mind when I think of Sheila Johnson. The first is a truth speaker. Sheila is a truth speaker. There's a scripture that says, speak the truth in love. That's Sheila. And it comes with a whole lot of love, but a whole lot of truth. <laughs> She's been real with me at every moment in my professional and personal journey here. Advice on how to navigate family situations and the real honest truth of what I was walking into professionally and who to connect with in the city and who to be wary of and all of those things that you wish a true friend would give you, that's what Sheila's given me as a mentor. And we could all do well to have someone like her in our lives who truly speaks the truth in love. Second is she is a bold visionary. <laughs> you don't go buy the Mandarin <laughs> if you don't have a bold vision. <laughs> And that's just one of a million things that Sheila has done like this. What I've learned from her is that you don't need to be afraid of a big vision and that it's okay to take the risk in pursuing that vision. Sheila is a risk taker at heart, but it's because she knows something that the rest of us don't always know. And that's the third thing that I've learned from her is that she knows her value. Sheila is convinced of what she brings to this world she knows her intellect, she knows her charisma, she knows her ability to connect with people, and she's too humble to be able to articulate them, but they're there, and she knows it. And it's that quiet and steady confidence that I wish I had and I wish I could draw on, and I spend time around her just so I can somehow absorb it through osmosis, because it's incredibly powerful. As she actually said this in her own words, that you grow stronger through adversity. She's known her adversity, and through it all, she's known her value, and that's what's carried her through. And I have channeled that again and again over these last two years, and I've had the privilege of leading this historic franchise through a challenging but beautiful time. Uh, you don't settle when you're Sheila Johnson. <laughs> you trust yourself. There's actually a, a line from a poem that comes to mind, uh, uh, comes to mind for me, uh, to be able to trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. That's Sheila in a nutshell. So it's this unique mix of gifts uh, that have brought black excellence to light for me personally and society writ large. And I think that's important to put a stamp on because whether it's BET Tonight to the Aspen Institute to now the Salamander DC, she's led business ventures that feature black talent and they somehow reach the highest levels of both social relevance and luxury at the same time, connecting to every person and the fancy pants people that we are in this room here today <laughs> in equally powerful manner. And it's a special gift that she has. Somehow she's able to create this sense of luxury and family at the same time. Here, here. And it's a magical gift that Sheila has. That is worth a round of applause. <laughs> that any of us can replicate it. I know I'm darn sure going to try and everyone else should as well, but I think it emanates from who she is just as a person. 
Because Sheila as a person also embodies those two things that seem contradictory, that seem like they can't connect. She embodies them so seamlessly. A dynamic business leader, an advocate for the people, however you define that, she's an advocate for the people, and yet the matriarch of a family that many of us in here get to call ourselves a part of, who is not going to let anyone in that family fail. And so Sheila, just as a personal toast to you, may the Salamander DC embody all that you are and carry this city and our area and each one of us to higher and higher heights. Congratulations. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So, I saw this utterly stupid comment from this person named Holly Perrion, who said, oh, uh, this is boring. I don't stay in luxury hotels. 
Um, Holly, let, let me explain to you why your comment is so stupid. Um, the number of African Americans who own hotels in major downtown cities is virtually nil. Here you have a black woman who took her proceeds from the sale of BET, and then of course also her eventual divorce from Bob Johnson, and has created a major luxury brand owning hotels, managing hotels all across the country and the world. That's one. So how can we talk about black economics, black power, and then we ignore this reality uh, when we're talking about these reasons, what's happening here? That's the thing that, for me, um, that's important, Mustafa, uh, Brianna, and Demario. Um, I was recently uh, at her resort, Innisbrook, playing golf there. Rooms are not out of this, out of this world, very reasonable. Uh, folks can stay there. But we talk all the time on this show about celebrating black excellence. And we talk a lot about uh, police brutality cases. We spend lots of time talking about political stuff and voter suppression. But Holly, the reason we spent that much time on it, because one, I own it and you don't. <laughs> and that's precisely the point. The point is black ownership. And so we should always when we see black entrepreneurs uh, who are building major companies, we should give them the type of time others ignore. Tomorrow, that's the piece. You, black folk need to stop running around hollering about rebuild Black Wall Street, but then you, somebody want to say, well, I don't want to hear this boy, and I don't want to hear what she got to say. She is the same as the folk who were in Greenwood in Tulsa before it was burned down. Same thing. Yeah, I'm really glad. I didn't know about her. I knew about her her uh, resort down in Virginia, but I didn't know about the hotel uh, Mandarin. I'm coming to D.C. at the end of the month. I've already told my assistant. I texted her and said, hey, I don't know if there's any rooms available. That's where I want to stay. Because as you stated, Roland, this is just like A.J. Uh, uh, J.B. Stratford, who owned the largest African-American-owned hotel in the nation in Tulsa before it was burnt down during the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. So to see this sister... Talk about the three levels of her life as a teacher, as a, a media entrepreneur, and now doing this with hotels and owning such a magnificent luxury brand. I was excited that you exposed that to us. I took time to literally listen to her because, hey, she's a black female billionaire. I want to hear what she has to say. So to me, anybody had any issue with that, they're not understanding what this show is really about. It is about educating our audience. It is about inspiring our audience. And it's about empowering our audience. And I don't know anyone can listen to that and not be educated, more inspired, and more empowered. Uh, Rihanna. Yes, I absolutely love to see the success of Sheila Johnson. I did not know that it converted to the salamander. I love the Mandarin. I love their spa. Um, now that this is owned by a black woman, it's phenomenal. Um, and now all she needs to do is start buying up the Trump hotels and starting with Mar-a-Lago. Um, I just hope she she keeps on going. And I'm actually same at the end of this month for CBC coming to D.C. And I am so excited to check it out soon. Mustafa. No, it is about black wealth and black wealth comes in so many different forms and fashions. But, you know, to see Miss Johnson make this major, major move of being able to take over the Oriental. I mean, for those of you who have never been there, 
I mean, it's a very, very nice spot. And I know she's going to take it to another level. So for one of our own to own that, along with the other resorts that she owns, is significant. Um, and it is also helping us to have a blueprint on, on how we can actually acquire wealth in this country and then utilize it to continue to uplift our people in so many different forms and fashions. If you know Ms. Johnson's story, it ain't just about, you know, living, you know, oh, hotsy-totsy or whatever the words are that people use. It is really about making sure that we're building wealth inside of our communities and then exponentially growing that out and helping others to understand not what the blueprint is. I should have said the green print. There you go. That's what it boils down to. Demario, Brianna, Mustafa, I so appreciate it. Thanks for joining us uh, on the panel this week. Y'all hold tight one second. Uh, Demario, go ahead. I just wanted to see when we're going to talk about Texas A&M getting beat by Appalachia State at home. Easy. We're not because we don't cover sports. <laughs> but what we can talk about is that dusty, crusty school you went to, OU, uh, out there in, uh, in uh, the hinterlands in the country there in Oklahoma. But when That's we come, right. but, but, Y'all but, and, 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 and we can talk about, we can talk about your football team being the only NFL team not to score a touchdown on, uh, on Sunday. But, but, but boy, don't even try that. The three, the three points your Cowboys scored. Yeah. Yeah. You real quiet about that, huh? Three points. Like I said, when we come back, Michael Bearden talks about his mentor, the great uh, jazz pianist Ramsey Lewis who died yesterday at the age of 87. And we're going to close the show out showing you Shirley Ralph, uh, her amazing speech when she won the Emmy last night. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves. That move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Folks, Black Star Network is here. Hold no punches! I'm real uh, revolutionary right now. Background. Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. I thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roller. Hey, I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? What's up, everybody? It's Godfrey, the funniest dude on the planet. <laughs> hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Music lovers were sad yesterday. We got the news that Ramsey Lewis, the jazz pianist, uh, amazing uh, man who tickled uh, those keys, died in his sleep in Chicago. He was 87 years old. Uh, numerous hits uh, over the last several decades. Uh, always a cool character, someone uh, who was impressive uh, with, 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 uh, with the piano, but also playing with other artists as well and inspiring a whole new generation of folks, including my next guest, music director Michael Bearden. Michael, uh, he, he was one of the first comments yesterday on my Instagram page when I, I announced the death of Ramsey Lewis. And Michael, uh, you uh, shared uh, the personal connection that you had with him uh, as uh, someone who was your mentor. 
Yeah, um, thanks for um, having me on again. Uh, I always love coming on with you, Roland. Yeah, Ram, uh, as we called him, uh, was a personal mentor of mine when I was still in high school. I knew his sons, um, Kevin and Kelly. Kelly uh, actually was uh, my friend in, in high school, and we had like a little band together. So uh, that's how I even met Ram. And then um, I would go over to his house, <laughs> and one day I got, I, I sat down and played his piano and I didn't know nobody was supposed to play his piano. So you came running downstairs like, who's playing my piano? And um, it was me and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Lewis. And he was like, sit there, sit there for a minute. Let me, let me see what you do. And so that's like my introduction to Ramsey Lewis. Wow, you playing a man's piano. Yeah, like I didn't know it was a rule in the house <laughs> that nobody was to touch Ramsey Lewis's piano. And so, um, you know, as I was waiting for Kelly to come to meet me, I guess we were going to go downstairs in the basement or whatever. Uh, I just sat down and played the piano. I, guess I didn't know about the rule. And Ramsey came downstairs like, what? what? Who's, who's playing my piano? And um, but we struck up a friendship then. And he gave me so many pointers, not only just piano, but just music and how to navigate this business. And Ram, if you, if, as you watch and I'm looking at these clips, he was always elegant, always put together. Uh, he had, a, he had a guy named uh, Dennis who used to, I think Dennis has passed away now as well. Uh, but Dennis was, he wasn't like his valet. He was just like road manager, I guess, but they always had a steamer and all these, you know, things in the dressing room to just, make sure that he was always looking great when he hit that stage. And, and that's just how Ramsey uh, lived his life. He was always elegant, always graceful, uh, always dignified. And um, you can even hear it when he plays. And so that's, that's what I mostly learned from Ram. Uh, you talked about, uh, again, um, uh, those lessons learned. And, and the reality is what really jumped out at me uh, teaching you uh, the inner workings and the intricacies of music. Yes, like, you know, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many stories I had, uh, you know. So after I graduated and then went on uh, to just navigate my way into the business, I was on a tour where I was actually Angela Bofield's music director, a name from the past. And we were on the same uh, tour. I guess they had the same agents. And we would play all these rooms, uh, elegant rooms. And, um, you know, certain times, like even before I got to that point, I was, was playing with Ramsey and I was just playing keyboards alongside of him. And, you know, he just leaned over on the piano. Shut up, you're too loud. And you hear the singer coming in, like stuff like that. Like, you know, get down. And so, uh, man, I, I can't even think of all the stories and all the things that I just learned about just being on time, you know, stage, you know, getting to the stage on time. And if you, if, if you're there when the, when the time was, you're too late. So you got to be before. It was just so many lessons and so many intricacies, as you say, um, about the music business. Um, uh, when we, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, the, the work, uh, he didn't just focus on jazz. Uh, he impacted folks in so many other areas of music. Yeah, I mean, you know, some some of his biggest hits were gospel things, you know, like Wade in the Water was a really, really big thing. You know, obviously a lot of people know him from, you know, the in crowd or with his famous Ramsey Lewis trio. Uh, I think I think that what I loved most about Ram was 
because he was so uh, not just focused on one style of music. And that was the thing that resonated with me as a kid, because when you're young, you don't want to play, your, you know, your father and your mother's music, your parents' music. Uh, and so, but he was in, he embraced, you know, electric keyboards, roads, and, you know, as well as, as, as Herbie Hancock and, and, um, you know, Quincy Jones. And I think it was just a thing in Chicago where everybody just was, you know, really into just not just being one thing. And so, you know, Ramsey definitely was the epitome of that as well. And he was someone who performed until the end. Yeah, uh, I think the last time I saw Ram was, uh, I just was in New York. I happened to be there with somebody, and I was walking in a village, and I just walked past the blue note and said, tonight, Ramsey Lewis. So I just walked in, uh, no tickets, none of that, and I was just like, you know, I just want to go say hi to Ram. And I went in, and he was, like, still in another part of the dressing room, but, you know, the band, obviously, they're really good friends of mine that came up with me in Chicago, and um, when he came out, he was just like, oh, my goodness, look what the cat dragged in. And, <laughs> you know, I think I actually posted a photo of that when we were in this dressing room. And he, and I, that was the last time I spoke to him. And he was really proud of what I had accomplished musically in the business. And, you know, from I, I think when I met him, I was 15, 16, maybe. So, you know, to, to, to be able to do what I've done in the, in the business so far and to have a mentor and, you know, somebody who just pushed me out there and, you know, showed me things. You know, one thing he got on me about was like, you know, your right hand is good, young man. You need to develop your left hand, uh, you know, things like that, just like little subtle things in his way that he did. Uh, so I'm holding on to the fact that he told me that he was proud. That's like, like literally the last thing he said to me. Wow. That, Really, he was really proud of me and just to keep going. So, yeah. Well, uh, it's always good when your mentor shares those with you. Michael Beard, we appreciate you sharing your thoughts and reflections regarding uh, the late, great uh, Ramsey Lewis. Thank you for having me, Roland. I always appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thanks a bunch. Yes, sir. Folks, last night, uh, Shirley Ralph uh, stole the show at the Emmys when she won for her role in Abbott Elementary. Folks, it was an amazing speech that she gave. Folks are still talking about it. Here's that moment. song I am a woman I am an artist and I know where my voice
one who has ever, ever had a dream and thought your dream wasn't, wouldn't, couldn't come true, I am here to tell you that this is what believing looks like. This is what striving looks like. And don't you ever, ever give up on you. Because if you get a Quinta Brunson in your corner, if you get a husband like mine in your corner, if you get children like mine in your corner, and if you've got friends like everybody who voted for me, cheered for me, love me, thank you. Uh, all right, folks, uh, big congrats to Shirley Ralph. Uh, shout out to her husband, uh, Pennsylvania uh, Senator Vincent Hughes. Uh, they had a grand time last night, and she is absolutely on a high. So we look forward to having her uh, on the show soon. Folks, that is it for us. We appreciate all of you uh, for joining us today. Don't forget, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, please join our Bring the Funk fan club. Your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do right here. And so our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans every year contributing on average 50 bucks each at four dollars and 19 cents a month 13 cents a day you can send your checks and money orders to p.o box 57196 washington dc 20037-0196 cash out dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal is rmartin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zale is rolling at rollinsmartin.com rolling at rollinmartinunfiltered.com and also folks today my book white fear drop uh get it right here folks this is the book right here uh, uh, that's right, white fear. It is how the brownie of America making white folks lose their minds. Get the book, folks. Uh, I've already, a lot of you have been posting your photos. Uh, you have, you pre-ordered the book. Uh, post those uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. I love to see them, and I'll be retweeting them, sharing them with folks uh, as well. Uh, and so we've got, uh, of course, uh, endorsements from Reverend Dr. William Barber, Jane Elliott, Tim Wise, Angela Rye, Tiffany Cross, and my man, Dr. Cornell West. Uh, he says, Roland Martin is one of the greatest journalists of our time. This book is another grand example of his brilliance and courage. So folks, uh, please support us in what we do. Uh, let's make this a bestseller. Uh, and so get your copy of White Fear, How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. You can get that book everywhere. Here are the places, Ben Bella, Book, Book, Ben Bella Books, the publisher. I appreciate them. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound, Bookshop, Chapters, Books A Million, Target. Also, you want to order through your favorite black bookstore, you can do that. And don't forget, it's also an audio version. It is on Audible. That's right. I recorded it myself. So you can download the audio book as well. Folks, that's it. I will see you tomorrow right here. Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Ho! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.